So I don't think we have any follow-up this week, um, except for to clarify slash correct. Um, I think in the I Am Paraguayan episode, um, episode that 11? Episode 10? That, that is episode 11. It was the last episode, right? Actually, no. No, 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 no. That was two episodes ago. That was two episodes ago. Excuse me. Excuse me. That's right. La- episode 11 was titled You Wouldn't Knock a Banana. Episode 11 was titled I Am... Or to episode 10 was I Am Paraguayan, if I believe. Anyway, in the episode where we talked about um, Pajarito, um, I think I did a Freudian slip where I said that Jovi Henriksen was from South America. just wanted to clarify that he is not from South America. He is from South Africa. Two decidedly different places. <laughs> um, so... Because I, I, th- I think I said I think I said both. I think at, through most of the episode, I'm pretty sure I said South Africa, but I think during one part of the episode, I might have accidentally said South America. Pretty sure I actually did that. So, apologies, correction, South Africa. He is not from South America. Okay, now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> yeah. So today, since uh, that's all the follow up we had, um, we are going to talk about another. Uh, very, 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 very common, uh, easily accessible brand in the United States. Um, and it's actually a company that is from the United States. Um, and it is called Guayaquil. And <laughs> um, today we are going to be trying the uh, Guayaquil um, traditional loose leaf blend. Um, they have several blends. Um, yep. I think they only they only have two loose leaves, right? No, no, they have four. They have the traditional, the San Mateo, the Barbacoa, and one other that slips my mind. It's uh, oh, biodynamic. Oh, okay. Um, I have seen all. Th- I've seen the first three. I've never seen the biodynamic. Yeah, the bio- but biodynamic and the Barbacoa are pretty much only sold online interesting yes yeah i'm looking at their website right now um uh i can't really see much on their yeah their mobile website's not very good um (laughs) here we go their desktop okay loose leaf you're right yeah so they've got the traditional the san mateo biodynamic which comes in a wonderful tin and I don't see the barbacoa. Oh, really? It's possible they don't make that anymore. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Did Guay? Are you? Are we sure Guayaki did a barbacoa? I mean, I just remember. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. So- uh, La no, Merced no, no, no. makes a barbacoa. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. My bad. My um, I'll correct that. It's not barbacoa. It's uh, Ache's Pride. That's what it's called. Oh. And that, that should be on there. That should be on there. That, I still don't see it, though. Really? Shut up. On the, Okay, on their website, they've got traditional in one pound, San Mateo in one pound, biodynamic in one pound, traditional in eight ounces, traditional in five pounds, and San Mateo in five pounds. Maybe they have discontinued the Ache's Pride? No, probably. That's, hmm, that's weird. Yeah, they've kind of revamped the store thing maybe they've uh they've streamlined their product yeah because uh yeah if you you can google it and then it like brings you to a page where like 
it's set up to, to talk about that information, that product, but it, there's nothing on there anymore. So I, they must have discontinued it. Huh. But anyway, <clears throat> so they've got three. They've got three uh, loose leaves, right? Is that what we yep. decided? Yeah, I guess three now. Biodynamic. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, we're only going to talk. We're going to focus on the traditional today because that's what we got. I have an eight ounce uh, little little satchel, little sack of their traditional here. Um, now, in terms of country of origin, I believe the traditional is the one where they kind of just... Yeah, here yeah, we go. It's... So it's a product of Argentina, Brazil, and, and, and Paraguay. So they're not really kind of uh, selective about their country on this one. They just take Sherba from all three of these and kind of just blend them together, Yep. Um, which is interesting. Um, we'll see what that does to the taste. Um Looking at the cut, let me pour a little bit out here. We're trying a, a, a little kind of a different take on the review today. We're actually like going through and like opening the package right here while recording and looking at the cut right while we're recording. And I'll actually uh, prepare the gourd while we record too. So uh, we're looking at the cut now. First thing that I that kind of strikes me is that it doesn't that the I don't know the color is kind of interesting. Yeah. Have. Kind of like a brownish green. Yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just the lighting in here. That that could be it. Um, the other thing I noticed is like the, 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 the stick kind of reminds me of more like a Paraguayan setup. Like I feel like Argentine, their stick, their stick pieces are usually thicker. Yeah. Um, but the, these are, are really thin. Um, they're about a centimeter long, but they're they're really thin, like really thin. Yeah. Um, if you're used to, especially if you're used to like um like shimahong, like barong, or metamate, like that has those big thick palitos, um palitos um palos. Uh, this is pretty different. Um, real thin, like about the thickness of kind of a, a thick toothpick. Um, the cut itself, looking at the leaves. Um, it's a little, it's kind of a little all over the place. Um, there's some kind of, there's some kind of bigger, bigger leaves, um, mixed in with some kind of smaller leaves. It's kind of a very varied leaf cut, which I feel like is a kind of unusual for an American company. Um, American companies will typically do a very uniform leaf cut. Um, this one is kind of a, 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 almost like a hybrid mixed leaf cut. Yeah. And Um, there's not really, not really very much dust either. There's. No, this is pretty low dust stuff. Yeah, um, which is pretty common for American. Um, yeah, I can't because uh, there's a lot of Argentine varieties that are pretty low dust too. But um, we'll be able to see better once I put this in the gourd. You know, because we're just looking at a tiny little sample of this. Once I put it in the gourd, um, we'll be able to see if there's more dust. It, it, just from first glance, it looks like there's not a whole lot. Which um, could negatively affect the flavor going forward. Um, I haven't tried this in almost four years. Um, so I have no idea what this tastes like. I don't remember. Um, so we're going to find out. What about you, Clark? Yeah. Um, I've had it on a couple separate occasions. I just um, had a little bit of it uh, a couple months ago, actually. But... Just one of those ones where I got like a a sample from a friend, and I was just kind of just drinking it along with all my other stuff. So I don't remember a right. whole lot. Um, 
wasn't wasn't great, but I don't know, maybe I just wasn't taking a lot of time to really um you know, delve into it very much. Also, uh last time I had it before that was a couple of years ago. Um I remember liking it. So we'll see what today's like. Yeah. Oh. So I'm preparing the gourd right now. I've just poured in the loose leaf herb and giving it a little shakety shake right now. Um and uh yeah, there's not a whole lot of dust. Um it's kind of weird like I, when you make, you know, a gourd of mate and you do the shakety shake and you it leaves, you know, a nice deposit of dust on your hand and that's really kind of how you can tell how much dust is in there cuz if if it leaves like a very like thick soft coating on your hand, then you know there's a lot of dust, but this is kind of the pieces that are left over on my hand are actually pretty big. Oh. Um, it almost almost looks like like little bits of ash or something on my hand, like quite almost like grains of sand size. It's not really dust so much as just really small pieces of leaf, which is yeah different, interesting. Um, looking at the cut in the gourd again, you can really just see how it is kind of a very varied yep. cut. Um, it's not really uniform, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, it, it is like I said, it is definitely uh, not typical of um, North American style. Um, mate so this this is going to be interesting i I am genuinely uh curious to see what this is going to taste like yeah um same here so clark while i'm preparing this maybe you can kind of go over a little bit of guayaquil's like mission statement i you know i yeah they've got kind of a kind of a unique business model yeah for sure so one thing that you'll always see on all all of their products all their packages is that their mission is to restore is to steward and restore 200 acres of South American Atlantic rainforest and create over a thousand living wage jobs by 2020 by levering, leveraging their market-driven restoration business model. Basically, their goal is to be able to restore 200,000 acres of land in South America and create a lot of jobs for, you know, living wage jobs for people down, or I guess not down there, I, just, I guess in general, whether it's here in North America or South America. Um, so that's that's pretty cool. Are they? Oh. Are, are is there? Are they? I I always thought that they were trying to make jobs down there. Are they making jobs I, I, down I'm, up here too? I mean, like they have people working for them up here. Sure. But I, I'm I'm sure their focus is down to South America because that's where like, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, those workers in the in the fields that don't get treated well. They don't get paid well. Um. So I think they're focused on that. Sure. I, I would assume. So I mean, that's that's cool. That's really. Yeah, because awesome. um. Yeah, because I know they operate some cafes here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, they are headquartered in, I believe, Sebastopol, um, Northern California, a couple hours north of San Francisco. Um, and they have some cafes spattered across the U.S. And I know they actually, like, have kind of, like, their own, like, little delivery system. They have, like, little Guayaquil vans that, like, make deliveries and stuff. <laughs> I don't know if that's just in California um, or if that's literally how they do all their shipping. But I, I know, like, I've seen Guayaquil vans in, like, L.A. making deliveries to supermarkets and stuff. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I wonder, like, I wonder how many people they employ in the U.S. Because um, obviously, you know, Guayaquil has many, 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 many different products, you know, between their loose leaf 
sherba, their tea bags, and then, you know, they have the pre-brewed stuff, whether it be carbonated or non-carbonated, sweetened or unsweetened, and then they have the little energy shot things. And I'm wondering, like, how much of the production happens in South America versus how much of it happens in the U.S.? Um, so, uh, yeah. Because I, I, I don't know, like, do they... My, my guess, my guess would be basically they grow and process the sherba in South America, and then they ship the sherba up to California or wherever the kind of their base of... I mean, it, I know they're like their organizational base of operations. Oh, there's a helicopter. There's a helicopter. That is a wonderful noise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, it's just, it's just, you know, fly a helicopter. It's actually probably the, the hospital helicopter because I don't live too far from the hospital. So that's it, it's probably a, a good thing that the helicopter is going because it means someone's going to get help. Or a, or a bad thing if you want to look at it because someone needs help. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the helicopter aside. Um, so their base of operations, I know from like a, like a, I don't know, a management standpoint, I'm pretty sure in Sebastopol. I don't know where they like make the pre-brewed drinks. I don't know if like they have a factory up there and they ship the sherba from South America to wherever their factory is and they brew it there and they mix it up and they blend it and they carbonate it and all that stuff in the U.S. Or does all that happen in South America and they ship the cans and bottles of the stuff pre-made all ready to go to the U.S.? Hmm. I think... My guess uh, is the former. I, I, yeah, I think the, at least the bottle and the can, they, they and do the, that here in the, the little, US. The little mini shots, the little energy mm -hmm. shots. I, yeah, that, that would make sense because it's like, why, what, you know, there's no, there's, I can't think of any reason why, other than the fact that maybe like if they wanted to create even more jobs, they would do it in South America. But I just feel yeah. like the shipping cost would, would be so much more if you're having to ship pre brewed cans and bottles. From South America yeah. to the U.S. No, that that just be I think, crazy. yeah, that I think doesn't make much sense. So that's what I'm guessing. I'm guessing is that the sherba is grown, processed, and then packaged in South America, probably in bulk, and then I'm guessing they then ship it to Guayaquil's base of operations here in the U.S., where they then repackage it into mm -hmm. their their you know one pound, eight ounce packages and they put into tea leaves and then some of that they use to brew into their da -da -da products their carbonated products and blah 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 so that's what i'm guessing yeah so uh, so i guess they probably do employ quite a few people in the u.s you know probably mm -hmm. just in their factory so that's interesting yeah uh, and i don't know if they if they're counting their their employee their employees as the, their um what do they call them this their cebadores yeah um and which are all over i mean there's in Canada, in uh, United States, there's right. over in Europe. Right. And, and, They're could, all could, over. Why, why don't you explain kind of their little, like, their Cebador program. That they, it's not really an official program, but, like, yeah, it's, I, they almost have, like, it's almost like a like an authorized representative, right, of the brand? Yes, 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 yes. Um, let me find the that part on their site that talks about it. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, They're called Amigos de Guayaquil. Okay, yeah. Um, basically, um, I'm just going to read it from the site. It just makes it easier. So sure. this is a direct reference from their site. Um, Sebadoring, the art of sharing yerba mate, is a wonderful tradition that goes back centuries. And it is in this spirit that we work with Amigos de Guayaquil, a special group of ambassadors who feel the call of yerba mate and who share it with their audiences in real and meaningful ways. 
And so they can go anywhere from photographers, videographers, skaters, musicians, surfers. So basically people that could bring some kind of influence to people. Um, at the same time, bringing, you know, introducing mate, um, more specifically, guayaki mate to people. Um, let's see, I want to try to find one that maybe one of you have heard of. Let's see here. Um, and they're all people I've never heard of, actually. <laughs> That's okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on from that. Yeah, it looks, it looks like some, you know, pretty, you know, talented people. Uh, oh, there's like the digital amigos. So that's more of like YouTube and social media and things like right. that. Yeah, I know um, Guayaquil's, they're pretty big into like, they're pretty good about sending, you know, review packages to YouTubers, um, especially ones that, you know, deal with tea or like health or green living or what have you. Um, I know um, the YouTuber, I Justine, the tech YouTuber, she's been around for a long time, like 10 years on YouTube. She's a huge Guayaki um, drinker. I know like she receives like like pallets, like huge shipments of the, the canned stuff, the, the non-carbonated canned stuff. She like lives off of that. Um, I don't think she's, she might be sponsored at this point by them. Um, but I know she just started out as she, I, I don't know. She might not be sponsored by them. She might just be a very loyal customer, but I know she gets like huge shipments from them all the time. She's always drinking Guayaki, um, just the can. I, I don't think she drinks like the traditional stuff, but she definitely drinks the canned stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, uh, Guayaki, you were talking about kind of their digital presence. They also yep. have over 16,000 followers on Instagram. Um, and if I am not mistaken, I think they are the largest Mate Instagram um, uh, or the largest Mate Instagram based in the United States um, in terms of followers. Yeah, yeah. I they am pretty sure. A, they seem to get pretty good like um, uh, interaction and involvement from people. So, I mean, it's not like they have 16,000 followers and they just like are bought. You know, they have like right. a lot of people that are really like you know, seem pretty interested um i actually know one person i'm i'm actually following his name is maple musketeer um get his real name but no he he seems like a really good guy and he's always posting pictures and things like that and they do a pretty good job yeah interesting yeah um there are there are some other mate instagrams off the top of my head that i know that have more followers but um the one that i know of is based in brazil um and I think I don't know of too many like really big mate Instagrams based in Uruguay or Argentina. Um, really. I know like a lot a lot of the companies will have their own Instagram accounts. Um, like I know I know like Tarawi has one. Um, Sherba Mate Selecta from Paraguay has one. But most of those like they're they're you know Selecta might have like I think like three thousand followers. Um, Tarawi only has like a couple of hundred. I think they're pretty new. Um, I know like a lot of the the Brazilian companies, like Barão has a has an Instagram. Um, yeah. Tertulia has an Instagram, but um, most of them, I don't think the brand ones have really caught on that much. Other no. than Guayaquil, right? Yeah, they don't really. I mean, in South America, there's not really huge like knowledge of how to 
Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Just because it's like in South America, it's just like so common, you know? Yeah, they already know about it. So, So, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of effort into it. There there is like, obviously, there's, you know, a huge community based around mate, but that's just because that's just their community of living in a place that drinks mate. You know, it's not like a a separate community within the normal culture. Yeah, that's like, Um, that's their culture. Yeah. So, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I. I'm sure because uh, like the one that the, the big, the big, the big one um, that I can think of is like Clube do Teres, um from Brazil has like almost 200,000 followers um, on Instagram. Um, I think that that is the big one, right? Um, I think so. Clube do Teres. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of Brazilian Mate Instagrams actually. Most of them have to do with Terere. And a lot of them have around like 5,000 subscribers. But if we're talking about, you know, big Instagrams, Guayaki's definitely up there. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely the largest Instagram following basis, you know, that's localized here in the United States. Yeah. At least operating out of the United States. So that's kind of interesting that they have that, you know, they, they really do have a, a very large market presence in terms of mate in the United States. Um, Guayaki's been around for a long time. I think they started in like the early 90s. Yeah, they did actually. Um, so it's kind of interesting that... It, it, and I, I don't think they really got kind of popular until, you know, the last probably 15 years. So it's kind of cool how it was just kind of a slow burn for them. But, you know, it's good on them that they've that they've kept going and, you know, they're they're finally starting to see some real success now. Um, not that they didn't have success, but, you know, they're, they're obviously, I think, doing really, really well now. Um... But as for what we're drinking today, um, both Clark and I have had one, one gourds full. Um, we're drinking it in a uh, in a pretty small uh, Brazilian style cuya. They do use these style gourds in Argentina quite a bit. Um, not as they're maybe not as you know the iconic as the the more I don't know kind of egg potato I don't know what to call them shaped the the, <laughs> the, the, the normal Argentine gourds. But they do use these kind of yeah they do. open mouthed wide rimmed style gourds in argentina um and i usually do drink shimahong in this one but I, I lately i've been doing argentine in this one as well i drank rosamonte in this very cuya probably two weeks ago so maybe you know just oh, i don't know so it, that that is always the thing right when you review sherbas you kind of always have to take into consideration what gourd you're drinking out of because the, the gourd if it's made out of calabash will bring along other flavors of past mates that you've drunk and you know they say like the best way to truly taste only the sherba is to drink it out of a glass or a ceramic um vessel um and i do have a couple of glass um mates and a, a couple at least one ceramic one um but i don't know i'd like drinking them out of the calabash better yeah Por it's just, that's my preference too so so uh clark Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the flavor of this mate? It's interesting. It's um, I'll I'll give my full, I guess, opinion once I once I have another sip of it. Right. But I remember I it was just just you know off the top of my head it was just like wasn't distinctly Argentine Argentine nor. Paraguayan nor right nor Brazilian. It does taste like a blend of three countries <laughs> worth of sherba. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty like it's different. I'm not gonna lie, I don't love it. I don't, you know, it's not bad. Like, I'm not like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. I it's it. I think if it were a pure Argentine style, 
and, and, and Sherba sourced, you know, from just from Argentina, I think I would like it more um, because it definitely has a lot of the kind of really bold, really kind of woody Argentine notes. But at the same time, it has this really, really kind of astringent Paraguayan mm-hmm. undertone, which in my mouth is kind of clashing a little bit. Um, the kind of the, mm-hmm. and I, if I had to describe, if I had to describe like the flavor of this mate in kind of one little phrase, I would say like sour ash, because it does have kind of that bitter, woody, almost ashy flavor from the Argentine side. But I'm getting just so much just kind of astringency um, as well. Um, I don't know if that's coming from the Sherba from Paraguay or just however they produce it, you know. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't love it. It's interesting, though. It, it is definitely kind of an interesting amalgamation of flavors that I normally wouldn't taste in one single gourd. And Clark's taking his last few sips of his second round right now. I think he's forming an opinion. What do you think? Yeah, it's not too far from what you were saying. Um, yeah, that woody, like, not smoky, but ashy kind of flavor. Um, and kind of like a like a, the sour, stringent, like sour fruit kind of taste that you get from the Paraguayan. Right. That's like the, those are distinct, like, characteristics that I'm getting. Flavors. Yeah. And maybe it's because I really am not a huge fan of drinking Paraguayan Sherba hot. That might be why it's kind of coloring my perception. Um, because I really don't like kind of tasting the hot astringent notes. I like those astringent notes when it's cold. So maybe if I brewed this cold, like a terere, I might like it better. Yeah, but maybe. Maybe. Um, yeah. But we didn't. That's not. <laughs> that's not what we're doing tonight. <laughs> that's not what we're doing. And, and quite frankly, that's not how they're selling it. Um, they're selling it to be brewed hot. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're doing. Um, so that's interesting. Um, I don't know. Uh, so I, I was thinking as I was preparing this, you know, and as I was talking about the other mates, the other sherbas that I've drank it in this gourd, you know, I thought maybe some of the like the since I did drink Rosamonte in this last that some of those kind of really really punchy smoky rosa notes would come out but I don't really I don't really feel like that's it's helping this this mate at all I feel like if it did have I I feel like maybe if I mix this half and half with the rosa it would taste better like I would like it more yeah I can see that yeah just it cuz there's you know there's there's some sherbas that are really really you know kind of flat like they have one taste and there's some that are very, very complex. It's like they have all kinds of just, just it's like a fireworks show. And I feel like this one is just very two-toned. Like there is a very, very kind of ashy, woody base and then a very, very sour top layer. And like it's not super complex. I almost kind of wished the sourness wasn't there and I wish it was just the woody ashiness. Um, I feel like that would almost be better if it was just a single, kind of a single note. But the fact that it's a, it's a two-tone flavor profile but like kind of two flavors that are really kind of i don't know just on my palate kind of clashing so and i mean you know i i that that, that is the thing you know guayaki has lots of fans that swear by their sherba and that's fine you know if if, it, if you to your palate it tastes good that's great i don't want to knock i don't want to knock your your taste or your choice but to me like i wouldn't say this is my favorite 
you know to me it doesn't really i don't really like it on my palate like i said it's just seems a little too astringent for something that's going to be drunk hot and the the sour notes doesn't don't really play well with the ashiness to me um i feel like if it had more of a smokiness if it had or like if it had some like maltiness creaminess mm-hmm. that would come yeah. from like a uruguayan you know deal i think that wouldn't round it out better but just to me it's just like it's just like this really kind of there's just a disconnect yeah <clears throat> and i think it's killed clark because he's having a coughing fit now <laughs> mm. i don't know it's it's growing on me a little bit as you know as as we drink it in it the, the shadow washes out but i don't know i i i to me, if you if you don't like a, a a mate until it started to lose its flavor, you know what's that really saying, right? But no, it, it's <laughs> it's it's a fine mate. You know, it, I can tell it's it's good quality sherba. Like it's not it's not bad sherba. It's a, it's got a good cut. You know, it's got it's it, it it maybe if it had more dust, maybe that would round it out better. Yeah, um, it or, add a, that that would probably add a little bit of creamy maltiness. To yeah, it, or. So. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think adding more stick would help this. I really no, think if you, no, no, if they maybe, yeah, if they added, if they had more dust, I think it would be better. Um, because I know the San Mateo is air dried, right? Right, right. I don't know. Is this? I don't know how they dry this. I it might be just kind of the normal traditional, the normal I... traditional Argentine kind of big heated drum fire thing. Um, I have I have heard people say. That they prefer the San Mateo over the the traditional. Yeah, no, I I know exactly what people are talking about when they say that because I've had the San Mateo a few times and it's it's sourced only from Brazil. Right. So I, like even though it, I'm pretty sure it's aged. It doesn't it, it doesn't really have a lot of bitterness. It's just really smooth and green. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely less astringent than this yeah i don't think i've actually had the san mateo i think the last time i had guayaquil it was the traditional as well um i don't know if i would like the san mateo just because i personally don't tend to like air dried mates um other there there are you know kind of a i wouldn't say a large but there is a segment of the market that you know advertises as being like non-smoked and air dried and i don't tend to like those i tend to think they're kind of bland um, so I don't know. I, I I really I'm pretty sure I haven't had San Mateo, um, but it, I I'd be willing to check it out. Um, but this traditional stuff, you know, if someone was drinking it and they offered it to me, I would take it and that would be fine. I yeah. would think, yeah, oh, this is you know it's mate, it's good, it's fine. Um, would I ever buy this for myself again? Hmm, probably not. Um, but you know, if 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 you want to try it and see if you like it, you know, go for it. It's not. You know, I can definitely see why someone would like this. Um, I know there's kind of a, a whole group of people that really like drinking Paraguayan Sherpa's hot, and they like that kind of hot tanginess. <laughs> it's just to me, I don't love that at all. I really kind of, I find that kind of jarring on my palate as well. Um, and this actually does kind of remind me of what the, the, the few times I have drunk Paraguayan hot. This kind of does remind me of that, because Paraguayan Sherpa also often will have a very deep, woody, base with sour overtones it's just usually the the paraguayan they they taste when i say woody they taste less ashy where i feel like this one tastes more ashy instead of like i don't know instead of like a like a like a dark woodiness more of kind of like a 
like a dry, dusty woodiness, kind of, you know, ashy and kind of brittle. And then with the sour notes on top of it. I don't know. But if, if you've had this stuff and you like it, that's great, you know. You will probably never not be able to get Guayaquil because it's all over, you know. Any any Whole Foods, any natural foods, if you have a Sprouts Market, um, even a lot of just like kind of normal supermarkets will have Guayaquil. Um, so that's that's awesome, yeah. you know, the fact that it's, it's available. And if you like the Sherba, that's great. You know, you are basically made. You are set. That is kind of the bad thing about, you know, for me and Clark – we really like shimahong, but unfortunately, we have latched on to basically the most difficult sherba to find. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so if you like guayaki, you are doing yourself a favor because, you know, it's so easy to get. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I actually am starting to like it a little bit more now that it's like washing out a little bit. Yeah. I don't know it's, what it is. It's lost a lot of the, uh, I think it's lost some of the uh, the sourness. It's yeah. kind of left with just the, the ashy woodiness. Um, it's even, not bad, yeah. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. Um, in the beginning, it does have that really kind of jarring sour note. But yeah, now that I'm drink, I'm drinking it right now, um, and it has kind of rolled off a little bit, and it is kind of more of a one-note kind of ashy woody. Um, I still don't love it because it does kind of taste kind of du- almost dusty in my mouth. Um, if it was more of like a like a deep, rich woodiness, I think I would like it better. But it's not bad. It's not my favorite, but it, huh. I've, I've had worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've definitely too. had worse. <laughs> definitely. It's it's definitely a solid, you know, American, available, readily available mate. Indeed. Yeah, see if uh if you kind of taste what I mean now. This is your third one, right? It's in... You can kind of tell that like the astringencies, the astringency. Gosh, I can't pronounce that word today. Has rolled off. Yeah, and it really is just kind much. of left with that kind of ashy woodiness. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a lot more tolerable. Not that it yeah. wasn't before, but it's like it's, I don't know. It's easier to to drink. Yeah. Yeah, just like so. You know how like you can make you can get mates. You know mate which you know in, in this this way i'm using it would be like you know the drinking vessel the drinking gourd you can get mates made out of wood all kinds of wood right you can get palo santo ones you can get a spanish cedar all kinds right and sometimes you know you will find carved mates that are made out of you know wood that would be good for like furniture right really beautiful wood but not necessarily wood that like tastes good so you get kind of this weird almost just tastes like sawdust taste, right? I don't know if you've ever ever drank mate from a from a cuya or a, a mate, a gourd like that, you know, where it's carved from a really nice, really solid piece of wood, but it's just, it's not the type of wood that you necessarily want to taste. Right. Where you appreciate yep. the look of it, but it really just kind of adds a sawdust flavor. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of flavor that I'm getting from the sherba, even though we are drinking out of a well-cured borongu, calabash gourd, um... It does t- kind of taste like I'm drinking it out of a very sawdusty carved gourd, which you know it's it's not the worst. It's not the worst kind of sin to commit when you're making a, when you're producing a sherba, but you know I think that's fine. Um, I really you know applaud Guayaki for kind of their you know their business model and their mission of wanting to you know kind of reforest and provide good jobs for people um, and. I really love their their canned products and their bottled products, um, and 
I'm really happy that, you know, they do have such a large fan base of people who enjoy their loose leaf stuff or, you know, their tea bags. Um, that's really awesome because they are, you know, promoting those people are promoting, you know, a business that's got a good, got good intentions. Um, and like we said, you know, if, if you really do like drinking traditional loose leaf mate and Guayaki does, you know, sell a lot of traditional bombichas, traditional gourds. And, it, you know, if you're really into that, then you really, you know, have found a good niche community that, you know, is widely available. Like we said, I, I really think you can get Guayaki in probably all 50 states. Yeah, I would figure. Well, do you have anything else to say about Guayaki traditional, Clark? Not really. Yeah, I think I've said all that there is to say about it. Yeah, if you know, if you've never tried it, um, you can find the uh, the eight ounce packages, which is kind of nice because you don't have to commit to you know a full two point two pounds, a whole kilo. You know, if you find out that you don't like it, you know, there's there's lots of times where I'm like, ooh, I want to try that new brand, but then I'm like, ugh, they only sell it in kilo packages at my local market. Ugh, I don't know if I want to really commit. Uh, I don't want to have to throw out 900 grams of, of erva or sherba if I don't like it. So, you know, that's nice. I, I just got an eight an eight ounce, half pound. Um, you know, I don't feel bad if I don't if I didn't like it, you know, and I don't, I don't have to throw away a whole bunch of sherba. So that's good. You know, if you see it in your local market, you want to try it out, I, I would say try it out. See if you like it. I know a lot of people do. Yeah, worth a try, for sure. Awesome. Well, uh, I think that's all we've got for you today. So uh, be sure to shoot us an email, mateguys.com. Mateguys at gmail.com. Holy macho. Um, And then we post the show at mateguys.com. That's where we post the show notes. Um, If you are an iTunes listener, I've slightly screwed up our RSS feed, so it's only showing the most recent nine episodes. I'm going to fix that. By the time that you listen to this episode, hopefully I will have fixed that so that it it will have all of our episodes on the RSS feed. Because, for example, like if you want to listen to our first episode, uh, you can't because it's no longer on iTunes. Well, you, you can listen to it online, but if you are an iTunes subscriber, you can't listen to it anymore, basically. Um, but I will fix that. It's, it's, it's just a simple little stupid RSS feed thing with WordPress. Um, please, if you are listening to us via iTunes, feel free to subscribe. Feel free to leave us a review. Um, it helps out the podcast a lot. Um, and, uh, we're going to leave it a mystery as to what we're going to talk about next week. Cause that's kind of more fun. Yeah. Keep you guys on your toes. Yeah. So, uh, we'll see you later. Farewell.